And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Thursday. Casey Justclair here. And we've got our buddy, Coach Brian Colley, back hey, in I'm the back. studio today. Welcome back, buddy. Hope you enjoyed your time away and hope that you're feeling better as well. Uh, we've got a fun show coming your way today in the next segment of the show. We're going to do things a little differently. Usually we have Stan Gravois on at 12.15 on Thursday. But today, we're going to get him on at 11.45 for our Terrebonne General Thursday interview with Stan. At 11.45, we'll be chatting with him about we've got girls basketball teams trying to punch tickets to the top 28. We've got boys basketball teams who are going to be playing for um, opportunities to advance forward in the state playoffs. We've got baseball and softball that have started. We've got... Now we're cruising towards March Madness, and we got so much that we could discuss with Stan, and we can't wait to do so. Uh, then at 12.15, we're going to kind of put a pin in the Tarpon Boys basketball season with Coach Brody Williams, who will be joining us in our lunchtime hour. And then at the bottom of the show, as promised yesterday, we will get to our mailbag. I've got a bunch of questions that will get answered. A reminder before we get into the scoreboard, tomorrow we are going to be at uh, HL Bourgeois on the reservation. Remember yesterday I said, hey, we um, I don't know what network the game is going to be on. I found out we are on ESPN 100.3 across the hall. You'll be able to hear HL Bourgeois play Central Lafouche. We want to thank the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office, Falgu Funeral Homes, Rev, AG Health, Henry LaFont for School Board, Raceland Auto Parts, Joseph Ogeron State Representative, Adams Land, Rogers Auto Parts Napa, Vicks Touchdown Grill, Golden Motors, and Joe Septic for joining our advertising team for Central Lafouche and HL Bourgeois. Partner, We I've been talking about this matchup throughout the course of the week. Haven't had a chance to discuss it with you. Uh, it's going to be fun. Central Lafouche beat them on Friday in their place. I had Gage on earlier in the week. I had Andrew on earlier in the week. They both seem ready to go. Um Andrew thought the Braves were just kind of flat and Central Lafouche was more desperate last Friday. And that's part of the reason why they were able to get, to get the win. Both coaches expect that both teams will be playing all out in a single elimination game. Should be a really fun matchup on the reservation tomorrow. Seven o'clock opening tip should be a really fun matchup. You know, I, I was, um, I, I listened to uh, Gage's interview and man, he hit it. Keep your composure. Which team can keep their composure? Because they're going to have a lot of emotions in that game where Bourgeois, they're going to be fired off, fired up to prove that they're a better team. And what happened a week ago on Friday, uh, was they're going to be thinking was just a fluke. They did a better team. Uh, Central's going to come in with some confidence knowing, hey, we just beat these guys on their home court. Can we do it again? So uh, a lot of these players, I don't think any of them maybe have playoff experience. None for either team. So that's going to factor in. Because, look, when you get in the playoffs, it's different. Uh, and if you there the year before, it helps. Uh, Coach Cayouette has been there before, but he's not taking the floor. <laughs> you know, He can say what he wants to his team, and it's different. And which team can keep their composure tomorrow night is going to go a long way in who wins this basketball game. So that was the next question I was going to ask you is, okay, we got Team A in HL Bourgeois, no one has playoff experience. Team B in Central Lafouche, no one has playoff experience. 
This is probably Andrew's uh, 50th playoff game, 40th playoff game. It's Gage's first. Do you give an edge uh, to having that experience and having coached in those situations before versus a guy who's a really good coach but who just has never coached in a single elimination playoff game before? Without a doubt, uh, Bourgeois would have the advantage there with Coach Cayouette being there, uh, playing in, uh, heck, I think maybe a state championship game. I think he played in where they came a little short. But, yeah, I think that gives an advantage to Bourgeois tomorrow night because at least Coach Cayouette can tell his players, you know, kind of what to expect. Uh, Coach Griffin, on the other hand, at Central doesn't have that right there. So um, I, I really think Bourgeois would have the advantage right there. But Central has advantage in other parts uh, of the game where I think maybe um, tomorrow we might hit that uh, a little more hot and heavy. I have a programming alert. Yesterday we had Troy Jackson on, and he said um, that they were playing their opening round playoff game against Highland Baptist at Thibodeau High School. That has actually changed. Let me pull it up here. Troy Jackson told me yesterday night that they have moved their game to the Thibodeau Wellness Center gym Friday at 7 o'clock. So if you heard yesterday... Coach Jackson said they were playing Highland Baptist at Thibodeau High School. That's not the case. They will be playing um, at the Wellness Center, at Thibodeau Regionals Wellness Center, at uh, Friday at 7. Brian, I was ranting about this yesterday. I don't know if you heard it or not. I think it's ridiculous, the fact that the LHSAA tells these teams, hey, your gym's not big enough to be at home. That's not a decision the schools are making. That's a decision the LHSAA is making. And I get it. You don't want to have crowded gyms. You want to make sure everybody could go. But what I don't get is that, and Troy Jackson said this yesterday, I asked him, I said, hey, when, when they thought the game would be at Thibodeau, I said, hey, are you practicing at Thibodeau this week to get used to the lay of the land? He said, that's not allowed by the LHSAA. So they're the ones telling you you can't be at home, and then they're the ones that are telling you that you can't make a second home. It's almost like they sapped their entire home court advantage. That's a really dumb rule, man. Am I wrong about that? No, I think you're right. Their home court advantage goes uh, out the window. Well, But I know when... My last, my last year, we uh, we didn't have our home gym, and we practiced at Central. Where the week of the playoff game, we were practicing at Central. Uh, the two hour rule, I we didn't, but that was our home. That was gym. your home gym, yes. That so was it makes a little difference, but uh, it's unfortunate. Where yeah, they're gonna you play the season to get your home court advantage, and come playoff time, you don't have it because your gym's too small. Where you said it, where the LHSA is telling you you can't play here because your gym's too small, but you can play this gym, but you can't get in there two hours, until two hours before. Uh, yeah, I don't understand that. I, it feels like that should be maybe a 48-hour rule where you let them go have a shoot around or something just to get acclimated to your surroundings. I mean, it's a doggone playoff game, but that one will be at 7 o'clock tomorrow at the Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center gym. Now, we had some baseball and softball scoreboards yet, scoreboard updates yesterday. Not a whole lot going on as teams are getting ready for their weekend tournaments, but we do have some games to keep you updated. Haynes Academy got a 3-2 to two win over Ellender yesterday. Ellender, uh, though they lost the game, they're showing that they could pitch it, man. They have played two games and have only allowed three runs, so they're really playing uh, well to start the season. South Terrebonne gets a 3-1 to one win over Kenner Discovery Health Science. Um so a great win for South Terrebonne defeating Kenner Discovery Health Science there. Uh, let's see, on the local baseball side, that wrapped up the scoreboard, but we had a bunch of softball results yesterday of mention. West St. John gets a 24-10 win over East St. John. A bunch, a bunch of runs scored there. 
HL Bourgeois continues their strong start to the season with a 12 nothing win over John Errett. Yesterday, we had Thibodeau fall to Riverdale 10-5 in a non-district game. Ellender softball gets a 17-10 win over St. Martin's Episcopal. Academy of Our Lady defeats Central Catholic 13-3. How about this one? Down the bayou, South Lafouche, 18-17 walk-off win against Ben Franklin. Congratulations to Coach Bychurch and his ladies for getting their first victory of the season. Haynes Academy defeats South Terrebonne 9-1. And then we had... I think Homer Christian played. Uh, I know they played. It's not listed here, but they had a tie yesterday, 7-7. Seven to seven. I'll get you the opponent after this commercial break. So, baseball is rolling. Softball is rolling. Tarpons are heading towards the weekend tournament where tomorrow they'll play Bro Bridge. Saturday they'll play Cecilia and Beauchamp, I think. Um, Tarpons got a win on opening night. Gutted one out. But, bro, when you look at our 4A district, South Terrebonne has already beaten E.D. White. Vanderbilt has already beaten Berwick. Lutcher has beaten Parkview Baptist. Our local 4A district is absolutely positively insane, brother. Yeah, well, boy, it's going to be a great baseball season. Lots of talent. We talked about it before, lots of talent. Uh, look, I know I missed the last few shows, but by any chance did the LHSA come out with some uh, information for us? With Of course not. <laughs> Of course not. Of course we don't know who's oh. Division One and Division Two. Isn't that crazy though? Like we we literally now a month ago we're told, oh yeah, they'll be out tomorrow. There have been thirty tomorrow since we were told that. What are they waiting on? I, I don't know. Maybe uh... they're waiting on tomorrow. <laughs> you know what they say about yeah. tomorrow, right? <laughs> it's the uh, uh, see. Tomorrow is the yesterday. You worried about the day? Today is the present. And we, we st- look, <laughs> we, you and I, we've all discussed, at some point there's got to be a cutoff, right? Like they can't tell South Lafouche in April, all right, you're Division One, you're in a district with Hanville, you got to redo your whole football schedule. Like there's got to be a cutoff date, right? I don't know when it would be, but my, my damn phone tells me it's February 22nd, so it's kind of getting late in the game to have to reschedule a whole new football schedule. Like we've got to figure this out pretty soon, right? Yeah, and and if they're not going to do it, just come out and say you're not going to do it, because everybody's just waiting for it to happen. And uh, supposedly, oh, last week they should have been out. Oh, there's not going to be an LHSAA much longer. Ah, I think we're trending there. I really do. They're going to implode, explode, whatever the association, and you're going to come out with a new independent high school athletic union. Crazy stuff, uh, but if that happens, they did it to themselves. Here. It could could happen, but if the uh, the state legislature would take over, because I know a few years back that was they wanted to, like the state to take over. Could you imagine, Truck? You yes, know I more could. about that than, <laughs> than we, we do. We have a a new governor, and he's there's uh, a new sheriff in town, and he's flexing his muscles. Yeah, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Let's catch a break when we get back. Terrebonne General Thursday interview with Mr. Stan Gravois. Stan is going to chat with us about all of the happenings in the local world of sports and beyond. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Looking for a deal? Well, Golden Motors has the deals for you. The hottest SUV on the market is in stock and coming. The 2024 36 MPG Chevy Trax. Come see them at Golden. 
and you will be amazed at the room and comfort of this unique, eye-appealing, and affordable SUV. Golden Motors. Price is priority. Chevy together. Let's drive. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. trying to figure out put one more commercial if you don't mind <coughs> i was gonna say put a 60 okay
Welcome back to Play by Play. We are having some phone issues today, so we're not going to get Mr. Stan Gravel on in this segment of the show. We're going to try to figure some things out, but if not, we'll get him tomorrow, whatever it may be. We'll reschedule. And it's not AT&T related. Yeah. <laughs> Look, man, have your uh, ha- have has your phone been working all day? Yeah, my phone's been fine. I um I got uh like a bunch of texts this morning from people freaking out like, "Oh my god, my phone's not working." And I've been up and rolling all day, so hopefully, uh, hopefully it stays that way. Uh, we've When's got the last time you said that you've been up and rolling all day, dude. I'm telling you, two plus weeks waking up at eight o'clock, man. I'm a changed man. And, and going to bed at uh, one, something like that. I get about seven hours of sleep. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Normally, been, normally would be three a.m. Yeah. Waking up at ten fifty. Um, the good old life. Yeah, we're we're doing good. Um, Let's talk about the girls' basketball playoffs here. That was one of the things we were going to stat, uh, we were going to um, chat with Stan about. Today we've got two teams that are both trying to go to the top 28. We've got the Vanderbilt Catholic Terriers who are going to be hosting Turlings Catholic. And then we've got the E.D. White Cardinals who are going to be taking on Bunky. Let's start with Vanderbilt first. They're the number two seed in the opening round. They defeated Washington Marion 59-23. to when you look at Turlings' schedule, it feels pretty favorable for Vanderbilt tonight in that E.D. White beat Turlings by 12. Vanderbilt blew out E.D. White. Um, some of the common opponents there are some of the quality opponents that Turlings has played. St. Thomas Moore and Westgate and Northside and some of the others are teams that, frankly, they have not had success with. Just goes to show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. In the last nine games of the season, Turlings Catholic was two and seven. But yet they had a strong enough strength of schedule that allowed them to be the number seven seed. They beat Carver in their second round matchup after an opening round by 39 to 30. Very few things in the world of sports shock me anymore. But if Vanderbilt doesn't win by 20 plus tonight, I would be shocked. Yeah, look, the at home, uh, I think they had a good season, a good uh, schedule in front of them to get them ready for this, I, I, I would agree with you. I'd be shocked if the uh, Terriers don't come out with a victory tonight and uh, decisively. You know, what's crazy is that in the semifinals of the top 28, if the brackets hold true, they would be playing Madison Prep. They played Madison Prep earlier this season on the road and blew them out 46 to 30. So if you just look at that stuff on paper, it's looking pretty good that Vanderbilt this time next week might be playing for a state championship. Now, it's pretty likely that they would be facing Lafayette Christian, who is a behemoth and got the number one player in the state on their roster. But man, you couldn't have asked for a better bracket draw in that you've got a favorable matchup against Turlings, a team that's struggling. Then you got a team in Madison Prep that you already beat by 16 at their gym. This time you'd have them at your gym, or not at your gym, at the top 28 gym out in Hammond. Um, man, it's setting up nicely for Coach Coleman and his team to potentially play the last game of the season. And top 28 schedule could come out as early as tonight, correct? I believe so. Yeah, we should get an idea of will they be Tuesday, Friday, will they be Wednesday, Saturday. Well, we should have a pretty good idea um, real soon as to, as to what that's going to look like. Yeah, so hopefully we can make the trip out there and uh, catch a couple, a couple of those games. E.D. White is hosting Bunky tonight at 6 o'clock. The Cardinals survived and got a double overtime 58-53 to win over De La Salle. I told you earlier in the week why De La Salle is better than their seed. They got kind of a bogus district 
uh, championship point. They had a bunch of forfeitures. They were better than the seed would indicate. But Bunky's really good. They're coming to Thibodeau today. They're the, the number five seed. They got a 56-15 to 15 win over Cabrini in their opening playoff game. You look at some of the results that they've had. They haven't lost a game since they lost on uh, December 21st. So that's an awfully long stretch where they haven't been defeated. Most of the games haven't been all that close. Not to say that it's an impossible task for E.D. White, because E.D. White's really, really good too. They're going to have to play very well tonight if they want to defend their home floor and punch their ticket to the top 28. Uh, Caroline's going to need a big night, and the role players around Caroline are going to have to uh, have a big night. should be a fun one tonight in a, before what I expect to be a packed house over at E.D. White. And, and look, I, I didn't see the De La Salle game, so I'm not sure how E.D. White played, but to go into a, was it double overtime? Yes, sir. To be the number 13 seed, you're going to have to play a, a little bit better tonight. Again, you're at home, but to play a number five seed, uh, E.D. White's going to have to play some ball tonight. The top 28 is going to be uh, held in Hammond at the University Center February 26th through March the 2nd. Those are the only local teams that are still in contention, but my God, we've got some really good teams around the state of Louisiana. You're talking about Walker, who coached by uh, Mr. Arnold at Central Lafouche's brother there. They've got a program that is is rocking and rolling. We've got so many great girls basketball teams around the state. It should be awfully fun to see who brings home these state champions. And I'm scrolling through all the different brackets, and it looks like we have every number one seed who's still available. So we haven't had any crazy upsets or anything like that. Every number one seed is still in play. I think every number two seed is still in play. And, and look, let's not forget our friends at Central Catholic. Absolutely, let's not forget they're, about they're, them. Uh, they're uh, traveling to Hamilton Christian tonight. They, um, they're an interesting case, right? Because they started off the season, let's see, two, three, four, five, six, seven, two and seven, and haven't lost since. <laughs> so they had wow. some. They had some early season injuries. You know, they they had fought through some different stuff and. Yeah, their last loss was December 28th against South Lafouche, a game that was actually going on in the morning because I remember Coach Case texting me scoreboard updates during play-by-play, and they have not lost a game since then. They rolled through their district undefeated, beat some really quality teams, blew out South Terrebonne, blew out Patterson. Um, Yep, Central Catholic's going to have a great opportunity tonight to try to punch that ticket forward. Got to go through Hamilton Christian. But when you're on a 10-plus game win streak, you got some confidence and got some mojo. Wouldn't be surprised if they went on the road and made it happen. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, man, God, what, I wonder if their uh, volleyball team made a deep run or if there's injuries I, early. I know for sure they had some injury issues, but I also know that I saw their volleyball team play HL Bourgeois earlier in the season, and I wouldn't be surprised if their volleyball team made – a long run because they, they beat the tar out of H.L. Bourgeois that game that I went to. So that probably a little bit of both, probably a combination of both things, to be honest with you, when you're when you're looking at their season. Man, I, w- I was trying to get into the gym, their uh, game on Monday, I believe, but I just uh, couldn't couldn't make it. The time didn't work out for me, but we might see them next week. Might if they see get a them next tonight. week. No doubt about that. Look, we do have some boys basketball playoff games that are going to be played today. Not a whole lot, but we do have a handful that are going to be played today. Um, but, of course, the one locally that we're looking at uh, are our local teams. And i, I got to tell you this, man. Looking at the Division II select bracket, and when that bracket came out, everybody automatically circled. All right, well, we've got Vanderbilt traveling to Shaw in the quarterfinals. 
I did a little bit of research. Vanderbilt got a tough draw. Um, it's very likely on Tuesday that they'll be taking on St. Michael, the Archangel. And I looked at their schedule. This is a St. Michael team that has lost to Dunham by six, has a close loss to Walker, um, has beaten John F. Kennedy, um, has beaten Live Oak, beat Bruley by 14, lost to Walker by one just a couple weeks ago. Um, assuming that that's going to be the matchup and St. Michael gets past Frederick Douglass, the Terrier boys are going to have to fight. Because if you're facing a team that was capable of losing to Walker by one point, that's a very quality opponent and a team that's only seeded 12th because of all of the losses that they had because of a very difficult schedule. That's a tough draw, man. That's going to be a big matchup on Tuesday. Vanderbilt's going to have to bring it. It won't be like the girls who played Washington Marion and Vanderbilt could have probably played their JV and beat them. The boys are going to have to bring a big effort if they face St. Michael on Tuesday, but that's a really good 12 seed. I, I was looking at that, and they did get it. It's a tough draw for them, but I think that loss before the South Lafourche game has the Terriers refocused, and I think they know that the task at hand. And uh, Look, I, I believe in Coach Leon Veal and his staff. Man, what a tremendous job they've done this year, but uh, – it's a tough draw. In case it is, one team that punched their ticket already to the top 28 for the girls, and that's Parkview Baptist. Yeah. They got a victory last night over Glenn Mora, 56-49. to 49. Uh, So they got their game in a day early, and they're moving on. And that's a, that's a good win because Glenn Mora played home a Christian school on Monday and really put it on them real good. And the reports that I got out of that one was that Glenn Mora was a really quality team. So the fact that they were able to make that happen, is uh, that's good work for Parkview. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, uh, we'll talk a little bit about some South Lafouche baseball, right? We, uh, I was at the game Monday. You were kind of listening on and off. They've got a big weekend coming up. We'll chat about some baseball around the area. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back to Play by Play. Casey just there here with Coach Brian Colley. What did I say we were going to talk about? I'm doing so much stuff during the commercial break. I don't even remember what we said we were going to discuss this segment. Do you remember? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> we were having a long day in the studio today. Um, let's go ahead and talk about some boys basketball playoff stuff uh, for just a second. And then then we'll we'll get into some other things. Man, I, there's something that I wanted to bring up to you. But anyway, uh, HL Bourgeois Central tomorrow. Big matchup. Santa Monica and Terrebonne tomorrow. Big matchup. Uh, Hanville kind of leaking oil coming in. They're taking on Live Oak. We've got East St. John, who's in the playoffs. They're going to be taking on Airline. Which one of our local teams in the Division One non-select side has the best chance in your estimation to move on? Would you go with one of the River schools, or would you go with HL Bourgeois, the best seed? Would you go Central Lafouche for the upset? On Monday, when we're back in here talking about all these games, which team are we going to be celebrating moving to the next round? I'm going with the Terrebonne Tigers. Hey, so you like Brandon and all to go on the think, road? I think they can go in and uh, compete with Santa Mont and, uh, and come away to victory. But a, a couple of things, if the Tigers are going to have to shoot the ball well, and uh, look, Santa Mont is a good team, but I, I just think the Terrebonne Tigers – uh, with the schedule they played, the results they had, they competed in 99% of the game, maybe one game or so where uh, they kind of just threw the towel in because it was their fourth game in, what, four days? Yeah. Um, I, I, I just I like the Terrebonne Tigers to go and, and compete, and I think they're going to be around and can pull the upset off in the fourth quarter. I remember now what I said we would talk about. It would be South Foosh baseball after getting an opening day win against North Lake Christian, 5-4. to four, um, The Tarpons, eh, they were okay. Uh, and, and, look, if assuming we could get the phones rolling, Chandler will come on tomorrow, and he'll say the same thing. But he said it to me after the game is that, you know, played well except for one inning. Uh, in the fourth inning, South Lafouche, misplayed a ball in the lights in the outfield a base hit gets hit and the outfielders are kicking it around a little bit and Parkview bunts and the Tarpons don't have anybody covering first base so the first baseman fields the ball and then throws it into the outfield because there's nobody at the first base bag and a lot of unearned runs and on the flip side to that it's not all bad on the flip side to that you did have a three nothing lead in the middle innings and then once you fell behind four to three you, you put pressure every inning. In the fifth inning, you stranded runners in scoring position. In the sixth inning, you stranded runners in scoring position. Then you finally broke through in the seventh inning with Camden Berg getting the game-tying hit and then Restua getting the walk-off hit. So some good, some bad. It was really cold. It was not a, a great night for baseball. But the Tarpons get to 1-0. and We're going to learn a lot about them this weekend. They're taking on three quality opponents. Uh, Southwest Louisiana baseball is always difficult to play in. Feels like the Tarpons played Bro Bridge in the preseason every single year. That's the opponent tomorrow. Be a good um, weekend to see what the Tarpons are made of. I think at minimum you want to go two and one on the weekend. If you could take all three of them, that would be a bonus. But we're going to learn a lot about the Tarpons Friday and Saturday. Yeah, and can the Tarpons get these timely hits throughout the season? Where they, if they can get runners on, uh, I think the. Uh, I think they can get runners on base if, if it's a walk because they got some disciplined hitters at the plate. If they can remain disciplined at the plate and, and get on base and get these timely hits, I think they can compete and win a bunch of games. Uh, they just can't rely on 
every game, and it's one game, but coming to the having to to score runs in the bottom of the seventh to to you know get the walk off. But uh, if they can get timely hits and fix these um, little errors that they have, but it's early, and you can almost expect some of these things to, to that can happen. Uh, I think the Tarpons will be fine. I could tell you this, and, and one thing that we're not stating clearly enough probably when we're discussing this is that North Lake Christian is pretty good. They um, have since gotten a 13 to nothing win against uh, New Orleans Military and Maritime, so they're now 1-1. One and one. They're actually playing a three-game weekend series with Thibodeau High, so if they could win a couple of those games, or even if they just win one of those games, it would be a sign that North Lake Christian's probably a pretty quality opponent as well. Uh, but South Foos did what they had to do. They get to one and zero. But we were talking about this off the air, or maybe it was on the air. I don't even. I don't even know. I've lost track of time. Our local four A district is insane, man. Uh, again, you got South Lafouche, who's one and zero. South Terrebonne has beaten E D White and has followed that up with the win against Kenner Discovery Health Sciences yesterday. They've allowed three runs in two games. Vanderbilt has beat Berwick. That's a team that's always in sulfur. Ellender has a 10-0 win against Franklin, though they did lose 3-2 yesterday. Lutcher has a win over Parkview Baptist. That's always a sulfur team. Assumption is 0-2, but you know they'll be in the mix. They lost to Erath and St. John to open up their season. They tell me Morgan City's improved, though they got run-ruled against Central Lafouche. This local district in 4A is going to be brutal, and in only one round, who knows what might end up happening before it's all said and done. Yeah, the biggest surprise, and I'll – Local 4A district. Assumption not winning yeah, a game. It has yet. to. Yeah. You're looking you're getting beat one nothing. So that game that game could have possibly gone either way, but St. John's beat them six to twelve. Uh it's a surprise right there, but Edrath must have a, a pretty good solid baseball team. Told that Vanderbilt is going to be playing at Dutchtown tonight. That's a great opportunity for them to earn some power points. Brian, uh what are you doing not this coming Saturday, but next Saturday? You have any plans? You going out of town? Uh, camp no, I'm sure we might be sports cornering somewhere. Yes, uh, yes, we are going to be with Trug's blessing. I'm just kind of throwing this out there. Uh, we have been invited. Let me say like that. We have been invited to go and cover the Vanderbilt baseball tournament, um, the Coach Para Invitational out there Saturday over at Vanderbilt. There will be hopefully some great weather, and uh, they they've invited us to go do the show. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can make that. That's happen. Uh, March second. Yes, sir. Let, let, let yeah, me confirm I that. I should be around for that. We're yeah, we, we'll be trying to make that rock and roll. Mike Thompson invited us, said he wants us to be there. So we look forward to being there, watching some really good baseball. And uh, they tell me Mr. Percy's making some jambalaya. So, I mean, heck, that's uh, that's always good enough for me, right? Yeah, yeah. Food, you there. <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm not going to even deny that. Um, so the Pad Parrot Tournament begins not today, but next Thursday through Saturday. And, uh, yeah, it sounds like we'll be bringing the sports corner on the road, watching maybe the Terriers and a bunch of our local teams play. Should be a great opportunity. Yeah, I'll be around in the next week. i got to go out of state. One of my uh, godchildren's getting married. Hey, that's fun. Uh, after that, we're going to be in a college household. We're going to be in the planning mode for a wedding. Yes, sir. You guys will be up next after that one, man. Um, exciting time. Getting close. Let's go ahead and, and thank our sponsors one more time for our varsity playoff matchup tomorrow. The community has really rallied around what we're doing. We want to thank the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office, Falgu Funeral Home, Rev, AG Health, Henry LaFont, 
Raceland Auto Parts, Joseph Ogeron State Representative, Adams Land, Rogers Auto Parts Napa, Vicks Touchdown Grill, Golden Motors, and Joe Septic. Tomorrow, figure will be live at 6.45, 6.50, something like that. We, we, uh, plans will may, may even be on a, a slightly earlier. Oh, that, that works for me, too. We'll be at the reservation. Something tells me it's going to be a big old rowdy crowd out there at the reservation. I think, to best of my, my knowledge, HL Bourgeois and CCA are the only teams playing home tomorrow. I know that we got Vanderbilt with a bye. They'll be home next Tuesday. But I think that's the only two home games in the area. Central Lafouche is going to travel. You know that. They travel everywhere that they go. HL Bourgeois is going to travel. They always have a great home crowd. I'm expecting a lot of life in the reservation tomorrow. And kind of sucks that it's two district teams because I think Central Lafouche could have played somebody else and scored an upset. Maybe we could have had a couple of teams move on. Um, but winner take all, rubber match. HL Bourgeois beat them by 19 early in the year. Central beat them in game two by six to seven points. Game three will decide who goes to the second round of the postseason. Yeah, we may leave a little earlier to head out to that game tomorrow and make a little pit stop uh, at Vic's Touchdown Grill. When I was coaching at Central that one year a few years back, that was our go-to spot. You talk about some great food over there. Yeah, we, we you may coached have at to... Central? I said that out loud? <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. Yes, I'm kidding. I, I surely did. And... uh Coach Thibodeau, if you want to. <laughs> uh, and we may make a stop uh, Heck yeah. on the way over there. Heck yeah. Great food, great place to eat, no doubt about that. And we thank them so much for their support of what it is that we are doing. Uh, we also want to thank our play-by-play sponsors, the Blue Boot Foundation, Golden Motors, where price is priority, located on Highway 32, 35, and Cutoff, Grand Design, and Adams Land and Property Management. We thank everybody for supporting what we're doing. And we thank all of our game sponsors for tomorrow night's game. Let's catch a break when we get back. We'll keep the train rolling. It's play-by-play. Hope everybody's having a wonderful day. We'll be right back on KLEB. Mike Tess. Oh, shit, you're recording already. Okay. Mike Tess. Well, you should be able to hear him. You should be able to hear him like this. Just like this. Shit. I don't know how you dialed this damn thing. Yeah, he couldn't figure it. It was no big deal, buddy. I ain't got no call in yesterday. Okay.
New Ram Work Vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Man, we got everybody coming in here trying to fix our phone lines. We got the Bud coming try to help out. Our phones are down today. It's all good. Uh, we'll make it work. We'll catch up with Coach Brody. We'll catch up with Stan. We'll we'll get everybody back uh, in the stable here in the next couple of days. Um, let's go ahead and talk about this. Uh, you were there Saturday with me as Nickel State University was taking on McNeese. Um, you actually were on Sports Center too. I don't know if you saw that or not, but your face was on Sports Center Saturday after. No, I did not. Shoemate was number one in the top ten. Um, I asked Turtle yesterday, and he said definitively yes to this question that I'm now going to ask you. You've been watching Southland Conference basketball for a while, and dating back to. You know, even your time as a middle school coach, I know you said you had a great relationship with Coach Broussard and everything, so you've been following the Colonels for longer than Taylor and I have. Is McNeese the best Southland Conference team that you've seen? I say yes. Taylor says yes. I don't want to be like a prisoner of the moment, and I don't want to be that guy who just falls for the thing that's right in front of me. But they're 23-3. and And you and I were talking about this even just when they were warming up. Like, this is just a bunch of Baytais out here. They got big dudes and strong, broad shoulders. And, like, they're so impressive to me. I would go out on a limb right now and say that not only do I think they'll make the NCAA tournament, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat somebody in the NCAA tournament. I was been waiting all week to get your thoughts about this. Man, McNeese is ridiculous, bro. Will Wade has got that ship rolling. That's a really good basketball team. Yeah, they are the best team I've seen in the Southland. Uh, simple fact, they defend. Yeah. Their defense is remarkable. I mean, they put so much pressure on you that they, uh, they just, they defend so well. And I think that's what makes them a great team and the support that they have. Casey, this team deserves to be in the NCAA tournament. It reminds me a little bit like South Lafouche in the 1990s. I know that we have talked about this, is that they just got that following. They've got people that are following them everywhere that they go. They've got a huge you know, crowd that follows them to all of the games. They travel to Thibodeau, all that good stuff. And they're not just beating people. They are beating people decisively. They did an excellent job beating Nichols on Saturday. They're going to try to keep that train rolling. Uh, they're 23-3. and Now, I also mentioned this. Um, the Colonels are taking or took on New Orleans on Monday and and got a big bounce back win. Um, some suspensions were handed down, right? We we mentioned earlier in the week that we have Texas A&M Commerce and Incarnate Word get into a fight uh, at the end of their game. The Southland Conference has suspended several players on both of those teams for multiple games. So the Colonels in the next two games that they play are going to have shorthanded opponents. That'd be an opportunity for them to get to 11-4 and four in the conference, take care of the next two games, and, and try to really improve their positioning. So that's just something to keep an eye on is it looks like the stars are kind of aligning a little bit 
for Nichols in their quest to try to um, make it to the Southland Conference and be a top seed while there. Um, boy, you could swear we're not doing a live radio program, huh? <laughs> um, goodness gracious. Can we get this fixed after the show? Um, but, yeah, the Colonels got two home games coming up. They'll be taking on Incarnate Word and taking on uh, Texas A&M Commerce, two teams that will both be shorthanded. Yeah, and again, like I was mentioning before, just the uh, echoes. Yeah, lower that. Not worried about the damn phone. Sorry, let's, let's see. continue. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, the uh, the support that they have is uh, is tremendous, and I think uh, McNeese can uh, can make a run. And look, they defended well against a Nickel State University basketball team that is pretty darn good themselves. So. Uh, it would be nice to see if both teams can make, oh, or both teams, if two teams can make the uh, the tournament. That would be a, a huge step for that Southland Conference. Be a big financial incentive too. Talking to Jonathan Terrell, that'd be a big, uh, big leap for them. LSU. I said yesterday, and boy, I kind of am eating my words now. I said yesterday I would try my darndest to bring Matt McMahon or to get Matt McMahon to give way to Will Wade again. Man, they're making me look foolish. LSU plays Kentucky last night, gets their second straight win against a top twenty-five or a top twenty-five team, beating Kentucky seventy-five to seventy-four. Uh, what are your thoughts, man? The Tigers are, if for nothing else, they're more competitive this year. They're getting better. They're playing harder. LSU now is six and seven in the conference, fourteen and twelve overall. Um, it's one thing for clowns like me to wish for Will Wade to be back. He ain't, Matt McMahon ain't going anywhere. He's earned himself another year. Yeah, and. That whole with Will Wade coming back, for, Will Wade has to want to come, and I don't think he wants to. I think he he wants to get in the SEC somewheres and and prove a point to LSU. So I don't I don't think he would want to come back. But look, we we talked about this last year. McMahon, the way he ended the season, his team was competed competing last year, and they got better and better and competed more as the season went on. And this year it. it they won some early games, okay, some cupcakes, if you will. But uh, this team is competing right now. And uh, you're down 15, you're at home in the second half and against Kentucky, who, who was not a terrible, they're not a great team, but they're they're a solid team. And, and you come back and it gave yourself a chance. And the ball bounced your way last night. Mm-hmm. But they still, they, they finished. They made the best of that opportunity. And uh, I just think you got to give McMahon a little more time. It's only, what, his second year? Uh, he, he took over from, uh, for, uh, <laughs> my goodness, uh, an empty empty team. Yeah, zero scholarship players. And uh, I just, you got to just give him time. Now, I heard on another network, they were comparing Will Wade to McMahon. Yeah, I think Will Wade might be the better coach, but McMahon is having his team believe right now. And NCAA tournament, Casey, look, with maybe let's say two or three weeks into the season, if we would have said, look, the Tigers are maybe on the bubble NCAA tournament, you'd have said, no way. You would have took that in a heartbeat. Oh, my God, yes, yes. And they're in the conversation right now. Would it get there? I, I don't know. They got to win out and, and see what happens. But uh, if you can get into the, the – you get in the SEC tournament and win a game or two, uh, they're still going to be in a conversation for the NCAA. 
You got Mississippi State home this weekend. You got Georgia home next week. Mississippi State seven and six in the league. Georgia's five and eight. Got them both at home. You got to win both. If you win both, you'll be eight and seven in the conference, sixteen and twelve overall. It's one thing to get up to play Kentucky and South Carolina. It's another thing to get up to play teams that are not in the top twenty-five. Those are two huge games. If you want to put yourself in that conversation, you got to win them both. Yeah, that, that's the key right there. Did you make the next step, LSU basketball right now, Mans? Uh, if you go ahead and take care of these next two games, then yes, I think you made the next step. But if you lose focus and lose one of them, then no, you'd have, you're not there yet. Coach Mulkey said yesterday that we all need to get off of Coach McMahon's back. No, you're not the biggest Coach Mulkey fan, but I think you're going to agree with a lot of this. Here's what she had to say. I didn't know Matt personally um, when he was hired. I knew of him and what he had done at Murray State. Um, I think just look at his record from last year to this year. Look at the talent. Is the talent better this year than last year? Is the things he's doing on the floor keeping him in games when maybe the other team is just much more talented? That's how I judge good coaches. Um, What happens is fans and people and the noise from the outside have opinions um, or, or sometimes negative. It's what do you know? Are you at practice every day? Are you watching? Um, I think he's he's done a tremendous job since he's been here. Now, I'm also a realist. If you think what we did in two years, he should do that. Get real. We did it in five years at Baylor. Five years is unheard of. Just watch the progression and see if it's better and If anybody's looking out there and can't see that, you're not wanting to see that. I think he's doing a very good job. You have to continue to recruit. You have to continue to be in those ball games that maybe you shouldn't be in. You're you're, you're competing. And then win those games and sneak one from somebody that you maybe shouldn't beat. And I think they've done all of that. So... Man, it's hard to disagree with any of that, right? I mean, you know, she kind of hit it on the head as took over nothing. Are you competitive in games? By and large, yeah, they have been. Are you winning games against teams that you're, quote-unquote, not supposed to beat? You beat Texas A&M on the road. You beat a ranked Ole Miss team. You beat a ranked South Carolina team on the road. You beat a ranked Kentucky team. Checking all those boxes. I mean, look, I know that we could debate things that Mulkey says, and sometimes we agree, sometimes we disagree, she did explain it very well right there, though. And she she chose her words wisely, and she gives her full su- uh, support to Coach Matt McMahon. And, and those comments were made before last night's game. Yes. So yes. I mean, yes. Uh, oh, I can't say that I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, hard uh, for, hard for you to agree with Coach Mulkey. Look, right? uh, you, you got to give him time, and his team's competing. I mean, come on. Um, and, and let's see. If, again, if they make the next step, if it's if this year's the NIT, you know, Tiger fans don't, oh, we didn't make the NCAA. It's a process, man. Give them time. Uh, next year, if it's NIT next year, the next year, if it's not NCAA, then we can start talking. 
Who, man, look, let's talk about some Alabama football for a second. Um, we already know that a big old chapter has closed in the history of that program with Coach Nick Saban's retirement. And for us radio nerds, they have also done something today that is going to change, in my opinion, and it doesn't change anything on the field, but it just kind of changes the vibe of the program. Eli Gold, their longtime play-by-play radio announcer, is not going to be back next season. Um, it was kind of a, you know, hey, I'm retiring, I'm, I'm old, I'm going out the door type of thing. But, man, that's, that's great. You lose Nick, who's most famous, most successful coach of our time, and then your longtime radio play-by-play guy is retiring. Like, the whole vibe of the program is going to be different. It's not going to be the same guy making decisions. It's not going to be the same guy calling the games. Like, truly, we're starting a brand-new chapter out there in Tuscaloosa. That one took me by a loop today, and I know it doesn't affect anything on the field. But, man, Eli Gold's been doing that forever at Alabama. To hear that he's not going to be part of it anymore, that was just kind of strange to see this morning. Well, I know Eli Gold has battled some health issues in in recent years. And, look, when the GOAT on the field retires, what better way to GOAT off the field and the radio boot retires? So I I think it's a a good time for him, especially uh, considering – the health issues he battled the last couple of years. And it, it was uh, remarkable for him to just get to get back, I think, last year and uh, and called his games. In his uh, time as the voice of Alabama football, he has called seven national championship games, 11 SEC championship games, and 35 different bowl games. So, yeah. Uh, but then how about this, though? And I, this story on ESPN.com, says that it was not Eli Gold's choice because it says in the story, Gold told Alabama.com that he does not plan to retire. So he's just been replaced. Man, that's kind of crappy. Yeah. Uh, um, that, uh, uh, yeah, I, the, I just assumed, like you said, health issues and he's 70. I just assumed he was retiring. But the story clearly says that he does not plan to retire and has been replaced. That uh, That sucks. And that, that's not any good. Yeah, no, because um, he, he he was the best doing it. Yeah, uh, I mean, you can uh, just uh, – if you're an Alabama fan and when they would score and the way he would go touchdown on Alabama. Uh, yeah, I didn't yeah, quite like but, it as much, but – Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of crappy that they're letting them go. Let's catch a break when we get back. Got our mailbag. Got a bunch of questions that will get answered. Uh, about a bunch of different topics in the world of sports. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. What would you do if you had a broken bone? You'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing until it's way too late. Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Many times, addiction treatment is fully covered. So why not use your insurance to treat your addiction problem just like you would if you had a broken bone? And with the Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed to take time off by law, and your employer doesn't need to know the reason. So there are two good reasons. You've got insurance you can use for your addiction problem, and with the Family Medical Leave Act, It's completely confidential. Call now, 800-398-7414. That's 800-398-7414. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. 
like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully, the neighbor who gives you a jump start, and the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your State Farm agent has your back, too, through good times and the not-so-good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. When you're sick, you want to be close to home. World-class medicine doesn't require a trip to the city because the best care is close to home at Thibodeau Regional. We're continually adding new services, and our team of physicians has grown to more than 250. That's a lot of doctors. More doctors, more services, treating more conditions. And keeping more families healthy. World-class medicine, right here, close to home at Thibodeau Regional. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. Welcome back to Play by Play. We have been a little discombobulated today without some of our phone lines and a little been troubleshooting to try to get it fixed but we should have a fairly normal 30 minutes to wrap up the show i don't know if that was me knocking or somebody knocking on the door to try to get in um but we get to our mailbag here we've got 10 questions that we've got from our listeners some of them are really good hell all of them are really good uh we want to thank everybody for participating at casey underscore just on twitter just clear Casey at gmail.com. We're at KLEB Radio on Facebook. Find a way to get us your question. And we lead off with, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl next year? I mean, it's impossible to do anything more than just make a guess. I'm not going to pick Kansas City to 3P just because of how hard it is to do that. Um, put me on the spot i'm gonna go buffalo bills to win the afc i'm gonna go detroit lions to win the nfc and i'm gonna go buffalo over detroit in next year's super bowl hmm i'm gonna just tell you when i'm gonna go 49ers 49ers to win the super bowl i like that i think that um is there let me ask you this my friends and I are of the opinion that Brock Purdy is 100% a system quarterback and that Shanahan's making things easy for him and he's kind of average at best. If Kirk Cousins called you and said, hey, I would love to go play in San Francisco, would you entertain that call if you were Shanahan? More talented player, hasn't had as much win-loss success, but he's got a bigger arm. Would you be interested in trying to maybe upgrade there? Man, I... They wanted to get Tom Brady last year. That leaked during the playoffs. They were trying this offseason to get Brady out of retirement to go replace Brock Purdy for a year. I would say no, just because if I don't care if you call him a system quarterback, it's working with them. I, I just, um, 
Now, I mean, oh, now I'm thinking of picking the 49ers early, but they got rid of their defensive coordinator for God knows why. Um, if if you could have gotten Brady last year, would you have taken Brady over Purdy for last season? No. Because no. I, I, I keep going back to your point that – He stunk. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just um, – the Tampa was better without him. Yep, Mayfield had better stats across the board this past season. Brady can't move anymore. Now, at the time, yeah, for sure. But knowing what we know now, no. Next question comes from a wrestling fan. Casey, will Roman Reigns still be the champion after this year's WrestleMania? I am hoping so because I root for the villains and I would love nothing more than to see the Rock and Roman roll through Cody Rhodes and give all the fans anxiety for a whole other year. But I don't think that's the case. I mentioned it on yesterday's show. I think we're going to have The Rock versus Roman in a tag team match, teaming up against Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes on night one of WrestleMania. I think that The Rock and Roman are going to probably win, but there's going to be something that's going to cause friction between the two. And then I think on Sunday, Roman will face Cody. And I think that when the bloodline has their lackeys go in and try to cheat for Roman to win, think The Rock will stop him. think Cody's going to get the upper hand and win. And I think that'll set up a full year's worth of build to get Rock and Roman with no title involved next year at WrestleMania or maybe next year at SummerSlam. I don't think Roman's going to be the champion after WrestleMania. I think that they're going to give the fans Cody Rhodes winning the title as much as I would want to see Roman Reigns let everybody down and win again. With all this, I mean, how, his – Title reign, Roman is it Roman Reigns? It's got to end sometime. It's it's, it's more you than twelve hundred days right now. So you do that math, it that's a long time. <laughs> then you thinking for the next champion? I mean, that's something that probably will never be broken. Because I don't know if they'd want to keep another champion for that long. I don't think Cody would be the champion for twelve hundred days if 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 he's the one who took it off of him. Um, we'll see. That's the beautiful thing about this right now. There's so many different ways they could do this. They're in Australia this weekend for Elimination Chamber. Roman and The Rock are not there, but Cody and Seth Rollins are, and there's some rumors and some whispers that some challenges will be thrown out, and we'll see. Next question. Casey, what do you think the Saints will target in the first round of the NFL draft? Not quarterback. Let's get that out of the way right now. Not quarterback. I think they're going to go for either an offensive or defensive lineman, I hear you guys snoring into the radio right now saying that that's boring, but that's where you win games. Your defensive line is old right now. Don't have a whole lot of depth there. Cam Jordan's getting older. Some of you guys are a little injury prone. Your offensive line is extremely injury prone. You don't have a left tackle per se, but Trevor Penning is a bust. Uh, I think they're going to go offense or defensive line. To pick a quarterback to me, it would have – you. If the New Orleans wanted to get a quarterback in the draft, they would have had to fire Dennis Allen this offseason. And what I mean by that is you can't bring back a coach for a third year and then tell him, all right, in the draft, let's go get somebody who's not going to help you save your job next year. You have to get somebody who's going to be a contributor right away. I think they're going to go offensive line or defensive line. I don't see them taking a quarterback. If they do, I think it'll be in the middle rounds. I think they should offensive line. You just brought in a new offensive coordinator. You're gonna give him some love, and I think you're gonna go offensive, uh, offensive line that uh, at first round. And also, you know, uh, they they bring in an offensive coordinator who Dennis Allen knows cannot replace him. 
Yeah. It's crazy how that works. Um, I, I was ranting about this yesterday. I don't know if you heard when I was. Dennis Allen said in a press conference, he said, oh, well, when I became the defensive coordinator, I made a business plan and I wrote down, this is what I expect from my defensive linemen. This is what I expect out of my linebackers. This is what I expect from my cornerbacks. This is what I expect out of my safeties. And then he said, you know, hey, that worked because it gave the front office an idea of, hey, when we're drafting, when we're signing, yeah, he's going to fit what we're looking for. Dennis Allen said yesterday, yeah, we're going to start doing that with our offense this year. Why in the hell didn't you do it the first two years? We've actually <laughs> going to try to have an identity now on offense, admitting that you didn't have one the last two years. Crazy. Nah. A mess. Still a mess. Next question. Are you picking HL, Bourgeois, or Central on Friday? <sighs> See, this is always hard, right? Because ultimately, deep down, I have great respect for both teams. And the way that this works, right, is that whenever you were saying something on the air today, like if I pick HL Bourgeois, there are going to be Central Lafouche fans are saying, oh, he hates us. That's why. No, I promise you, I like both schools, but you're asking me to pick one. I'm going to go with the team who's at home. I'm going to go HL Bourgeois close. Don't think it'll be lopsided. I'm going to go HL Bourgeois close. But ideally, these teams wouldn't be facing one another in round one because I would love to see both of them make a run. But asking me to choose one, I think it's hard to beat the same team twice. And I think it's even harder to beat them the same team to beat the same team twice in a row without any other games in between. I think Bourgeois is going to be fired up. I think Bourgeois is going to defend their home floor on Friday. Yeah, look, if I had to pick one. On a spot, I, I, I would uh, I would lean to HL. I would not be surprised at all if Central beats them. And that's where I am too. Yeah, but I would uh, if I had to pick one, I would uh, I would uh, pick HL because uh, they are at home, they're a higher seed or a better seed, and um, I just think Coach Kiewit's experience might have something uh, to do with uh, getting his team ready to, to play and uh, knowing what's at, uh, at stake. But, again, uh, not shocked at all if Central would come away with a win. Next question comes from a listener who wants to know, at what point in a team's development should people stop using the term we're a young team as a reason for not winning, and when should you as a coach or you know member of a program look at other factors like your scheme or whatever it may be that could potentially be holding you back? This is a really good question. I'm going to answer it my way, but I'm going to also ask you because you were actually a coach, um, and I coach nothing but Biddy. Doobie Plazos always told me that when they started a freshman, they were very clear in communicating to that freshman, by the time we get to conference play, you're now a sophomore. And then she was very clear in telling them, by the time we get to conference tournament play, you're now a junior. Being a young team is, I think, detrimental for the first couple weeks, maybe the first month. But once you've got a month's worth of games at your disposal, that experience part should no longer be an issue and the moment shouldn't be big. So I'd say early in the season it matters a whole lot. And physically I think it matters a whole lot. Just when you had an 18-year-old kid facing a 15-year-old kid, that's not going to go away. 
But in terms of the mental side of it, it shouldn't be more than just a couple weeks uh, before you get those kids experience and, and they should know that they are ready for the moment ahead. What say you? I think that by we get to the end of the year, I don't know that that's as much of a factor anymore. What say you? But, yeah, it's not. Look, if uh, I would say uh, 10 games into your season, uh, you're, you're not – obviously you're not as young, but uh, I would go ahead and, and answer it this way also where uh, – if you are a young team and you find your identity of what you are early in the season and build on that and don't change and stay the course, uh, then I think you uh, become a lot mature faster and toward the middle of the season, you're not so much of a young team anymore. But if you keep changing and you don't have an identity uh, at the end of the season, you're still a young team. And don't fall into the trap because I had this one time with a team. We had a bunch of juniors one year, and we were competitive. And people, oh, wait till they're they're all seniors. And I said, don't fall into that trap because if you're a junior now, if you come into you're a senior, if you don't change some of the things that you're doing, you're still a junior. Yeah, you're still a junior. (laughs) And some of them struggled their senior year because uh, didn't work as hard or for whatever reason, and. They were kind of still making junior mistakes as a senior, yep. and so uh, yeah, I just but you got to stay you got to stay true to yourself what you want your team to be, and develop from there. But if it keeps changing throughout the year, then at the end of the season you're still a young team. Yeah, very good. If that makes sense. Next question: How would you grade LSU's baseball L, or LSU's baseball start to this season? B minus. Um, they're four and zero. Haven't been altogether thrilled by some of the pitching performances. You gave up a bunch of runs on opening day. Uh, a little later in the weekend, you issued twelve walks in a game. But you are four and zero, and you could still hit the crap out of the baseball. You've got a really good offense. A lot of your freshmen that you brought in are shining. Your transfer portal guy that you got from Alabama struck out like 12 guys in five innings, whatever it may be. He's going to be your ace of the staff. Um, but still room for improvement. you got to, you got to continue to pitch better. Uh, so I would say B- minus when they start playing some real competition. We'll see if they could elevate it and get it to a B-plus or an A. But ho-hum, you did what you were supposed to do. I'm not going to have a parade because you beat VMI twice and Arkansas State twice, or uh, Central Arkansas twice, rather. Um, let's see it continue. you got a weekend series that's actually beginning today at 2 o'clock. Uh, four gamer get to eight no then the following weekend you're going to texas and playing some power five teams uh we'll learn more in the next couple of weeks but okay but not great so far oh you're tough when you're tired because i give them an a you're winning yeah yeah i, I don't like the 12 but blocks, I, I see man. yeah i see where you're coming from um because it's national championship or bus uh, right yeah if, if, you walk 12 guys against somebody that's yeah. not vmi you're gonna get beat um they're discussing Already expanding the 12-team playoff to a 14-team playoff. So my question, Casey, is how many teams is too many? Anything more than 12 to me is too many. Um, And I would have gone so far as to say that I think we should have expanded from four to eight. Um, Because I think that 12 might even be a little bit too many. Um, Here's my concern. With 12, I don't think that this will be a huge factor. But if we start getting the 14, 16, 24, 32, 
your regular season doesn't matter at all anymore. And I think the thing that we love about college football is the fact that every game does have some significance, unlike the NFL. In the NFL, if the Cowboys are 8-1 and one and they lose in Week 10 and drop to 8-2, and two, nobody gives a damn because they're 8-2 and two and they're in a good spot. In college football, if you're 8-1 and one and you lose and you drop to 8-2, and two, you're in a bind. You have to play every game with an extreme sense of urgency. And what we don't want to see in college football is a team be the number one team in the country, resting their starters in the last game of the season to try to get ready for the playoffs because they know that even if they lose, they're automatically in. That's what we don't want to see. So to me, anything more than what we're going to be going to now is too many because low-key, I think that even 12 is too many. I would have probably gone to eight, but... Yeah, they're starting to make me a little nervous. We're already saying we haven't even gotten to the 12, and they're already trying to add more. I get it. It's money, money, money. But I really don't want the regular season to be negatively impacted while we're making these changes. Yeah, these these people need to relax. I mean, give this system a chance already. You didn't even start the 12, and you want to go to 14. I, I think anything over 12, I agree, is way too many. Uh, I like the 12 for the simple fact that these blue blood teams can go out and play a tough schedule. And it allows you to, to lose maybe two games and still have a chance for the national title. Because a lot of times you lose two, nine times out of ten, you're, you're done. So, uh, or even once, some of these, uh, it depends how it falls. But I, I like it where you're giving these teams to play a tough schedule. And if you lose one or two games, you still have a chance to win it all. This is a really interesting question. If Les Miles had been. LSU's coach at the time that they signed Joe Burrow, would LSU have still won the national championship? I don't believe so. Um, he had Zach Mettenberger, didn't do anything with him. Now Zach Mettenberger wasn't as good as Joe Burrow, but he would have had Joe Burrow handing off the ball 50 times a game. Like at the end of Les's tenure, he became so paranoid and so deathly afraid of turning over the ball in the passing game that they just didn't throw it at all. Um, so to answer that question, no, I, I don't think that it would have been the same. I don't think they would have gone 15-0. I don't think that you know they would have been able to get the ball to Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and Terrence Marshall and Thaddeus Moss and Clyde edwards Lair and all the great receivers that they had. I don't think they would have been able to do that because I think the game had passed up Les Miles at that time at the end of his career. And frankly, he was at LSU probably two or three years too long. So no, I, I don't think that it would have been the same. There, there, there's no way. No way. With Les Miles, they they win it, uh, even with with Burrow. Uh, just the the perfect storm with Coach O and coming in and and, and everything that happened. Uh, I just think um, possibly anyone else it doesn't happen. It, it, everything worked out for him, and with Les Miles, there, there's just no way. I think organizational things would have been different, and. Um, the locker room would have been different, and yeah, I don't think they win it. Yeah, I agree with that. Can McNeese win an NCAA tournament game? I answered that already in the show. Yeah, I think so. Um, here's the thing about McNeese, man. They're 23-3. and They're not just beating the Southland teams. They got wins over VCU. They got wins over Southern Miss. They beat Michigan. They beat this team. They beat that team. Yes, they, they could win an NCAA tournament game. And here's the crazy thing about it is I pull up ESPN.com's Bracketology, Usually you would say no automatically because the the team 
that wins the conference in the Southland is going to be a 16 seed, and they'll be facing a number one. Right now, in the latest bracketology, they have McNeese as a 12 seed. So that would have them in the opening round against, against Dayton. Yeah, McNeese could beat Dayton. They could certainly beat a five. I don't think that they could beat any of the ones. Right now, the one seeds are UConn, Purdue, Arizona, and Houston. I don't think that they would beat any of them. But if they're 12, 11 seeds, something like that, and they're facing the likes of like BYU or, you know, St. Mary's or, yeah, hell yeah, they could win a game. Yeah, if they, if they get that big seed that they're flirting with right now, they can absolutely win a game. Listen, they can win one multiple and games, with yeah. luck with with luck of how where they in in the bracket they can win two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. Without question. Yeah, I'm with you there. Listener wants to know another McNeese question. Will will Wade be at McNeese next year? Um yeah, I think so. Um he just signed a big old contract extension. That's going to pay him $700,000 a season for the next five or six years. Um, McNeese, by the way, and I know we mentioned this hasn't happened. That is a that is a genius contract that they put in place there. Um, they, are they footing a large bill right now? Yeah, they are. They're going to be paying Will Wade probably more than what they could afford. But the buyout at the back end is going to be like $1.5 million or something like that. So when Will Wade decides to leave... They're going to basically get all the money that they're paying him right now back. Um, so just genius wording in that deal is that they're going to either get five years of winning the conference and building your program and probably making some money, or they're going to get two years, and then basically they'll be free because the buyout will supplement what you paid them. Genius wording on that deal. I do think he's going to be back next year. Because that's the scary thing about that roster right now. And I noticed this whenever we were, uh, whenever I was doing the game on ESPN Plus the other day. They got a lot of dudes back. They've got a lot of guys who are going to still be there next year off of their team. They're very junior heavy. Yeah, we're going to get one more year of Will Wade at McNeese. And I do think the next year they'll be better than what they are right now. Yeah, and McNeese is fixing on getting paid this year because they're making a tournament, maybe another conference team like we talked about in the tournament. Uh, so they're gonna get money more uh, this year. The buyout, I, I agree with you, genius. And uh, Will Wade is gonna be back another year because I think his NCAA deal with the, the show calls or whatever it's called it is one more year. So I think he's gonna stay where he's at for one more year. Then after that, he may be packing his bags. And I, I, a lot of people down the bay don't realize this because a lot of us here who vacation, we go to. Biloxi or Gulf Shores or Destin. A lot of the folks here that vacation tend to go east, and very rarely do they go west. Lake Charles is really nice. Lake Charles in the last 10, 15, 20 years has grown a lot, and that's despite being devastated by a, a major hurricane. They have grown a lot. That's two. not the same. Yeah, two major hurricanes. That's not the same city that it was 20 years ago. There's a lot of money in Lake Charles right now. And, yeah, I, I could see him staying for a little bit to try to uh, be part of that and build something pretty special. Hopefully we're making that trip in, in uh, the second week, third week in March, whatever it is. For the Southland Tournament? The Southland Tournament, yes, sir. That'll be big time. Uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Last question is about food. Casey, you're at a stadium. Are you going nachos or are you going a hot dog? Um. It depends, okay? 
if I am calling the game, I'm going hot dog because I have something growing on my face right now that is not conducive to eating nachos, right? But big old thick beard nachos are a mess. Well, the cheese would be great with, with Matt. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so if I'm calling the game, I'm going hot dog so that I could stay somewhat presentable. But if I am just watching the game as a fan and I could have the luxury of having a stack of napkins, you know, six inches thick, then I would go nachos because I'll be able to tidy myself up. But you can't go wrong with either one, right? But I'll tell you this. I'm going to a game today. I got Nichols Women's Basketball and ESPN Plus today. I'm not getting either one. I'm getting popcorn because the popcorn at Nichols State University men's basketball and women's basketball games is the best around. There you go. So I'm going popcorn today at the stadium. But, oh, man. Mm. I, I'm Look. If it's some nachos, give me some nachos. Not 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 like a little small little order, a big order. It give me nachos. If not, then I like hot dog with mustard on it. There you go. You look. We talked about McNeese. You had a chance to see the uh, the Colonel women play for the first time this season. Uh, watched about a half of their game with McNeese. Nichols was picked to finish last in the Southland Conference, and everybody understood why. I mean, they were not good last year. They Brought in Justin Payne really late in the process. Doobie kind of resigned a little late in the game. Um, Nichols is good. Nichols is sitting in a really good spot right now. Got a big home game today, trying to get to 500 in the conference. They have already clinched their Southland Conference tournament appearance, which is unbelievable. They're 12 and 13, 6 and 7 on the season, and they're really young. They're playing a lot of freshmen and a lot of sophomores and youth and the energy that Coach Payne provides, I, I know that you had to be impressed. Mc, uh, LS, um, LSU, Nichols didn't play their best against McNeese on Saturday, but still found a way to get a double-digit win. Coach Payne's doing an awesome job with that program. Big one tonight against UIW. But, man, to already have your ticket punched to Lake Charles with still five games left in the season, that's unbelievable work. Yeah, Coach Payne has done a tremendous job. He has brought some fire and energy, like you mentioned, back into that program and – uh, against McNeese, you're right, they didn't play well. But Casey, when they turned it on, <laughs> they turned it on and they played some great ball. When when they clicked for them, uh, they kept pounding at that rock during that game. When it broke, man, it exploded for them. And just a, a great job. And, again, fire and energy, it, it's good to see back in that program. We talked about a lot here. Oh, you know, is McNeese the best team that we've seen? And are they going to win tournament games and yada, yada? And I mentioned it a little bit. I don't know how much you were able to hear, but I know that you were uh, getting some help from Babud while I was talking about it. I was so super impressed with the fact that just 48 hours after getting your butt kicked by McNeese, the Colonels go on the road and beat up on UNO, get a 12-point road win. Winning on the road in the conference is not easy. That was very impressive, the fact that they bounced back. And I mentioned it earlier in the week. Kim Mulkey said, after LSU lost to South Carolina, they lost their next game, I believe, to Auburn. And Kim Mulkey said after that loss against Auburn, she, she said, hey, I knew we wouldn't have any legs. We just spilled everything out on the floor against South Carolina. I knew we would have a letdown today. I knew we wouldn't be ready. The fact that Nichols had an equally emotional game on Saturday against McNeese, got their butts kicked, and then came back 48 hours later, Probably without even a practice, right? Because you play Saturday, you're probably just having a walkthrough on Sunday watching film. And to go and beat UNO like that on the road, that's a really good job from Coach Sadler and his team to bounce back like that 
that's a character building win for the Colonels. That was a big one. That was very impressive. You know, I, I actually watched that game on uh, ESPN Plus against UNO, and man, UNO would try and make some runs at them, but Nichols, they, they kept their composure on the road, and they they wouldn't let uh, UNO. Uh, they wouldn't let UNO come back and uh, and, and get that home win. So I, I think the Colonels. Look, they're they're said they can make a run in a conference tournament. Yep, it would be ideal if somebody could beat McNeese for them. <laughs> Maybe not ever have to try to slay the dragon. How about Quinn Strander, man? He started on Monday. We we talked all year about local guy who was a walk on, and now he's earned a scholarship and he's moved into the rotation. Plays 10, 15 minutes a game. Hell, they gave him a start on Monday, and all he did was get eight points, made a three-pointer, got an assist, got a couple steals, got on the floor. Man, Strander played 19 big minutes. You love to see local guys stand out like that. He did it the hard way, and not only is he playing, he's playing and making an impact. Awesome on him. Eight big points against New Orleans on Monday. And look, when Strander comes into the game, man, he makes things happen. And For his size, he's not afraid to take the ball to the rack. And he finishes at the rim. I think he does a great job using the rim as like kind of a, an extra defender for him, where they can't come and block his shots. And I, he just he gives them a spark every time he's off the bench, and he deserved that start. Vanderbilt going to win tonight. Yes, by a lot. Uh, let's see. I'm I'm gonna go by uh 17. I'm going 20 plus. I think they're gonna put it on Turlings. Edu White going to win tonight. Oh, I'm I'm gonna say yes. I think the Cardinals go and get it done. Let's say by by six, close game. I think it'll be a close, very physical game. I think Vanderbilt rolls. I think Ed White again squeaks one out. We could potentially have two top twenty-eight teams this time tomorrow. This time tomorrow on play by play, we're gonna tell you everybody in every bracket who made the top twenty-eight, and we're also gonna preview some really fun and interesting boys basketball matchups. Cannot wait. A big 48 hours in our area. That'll wrap up today's show. Want to thank everybody for listening. We'll try to get the phone lines working tomorrow. And if we do, we'll try to get Coach Chandler on and we'll maybe chat with uh, you know Damien and we'll try to also get Brody as well. Let's thank the Blue Boot Foundation, Golden Motors, where price is priority located on Highway 32, 35 and Cutoff, Grand Design, and Adams Land and Property Management. Same time tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of the day. God bless. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.